Janice is going to come and bring us our reading for this morning. Thank you, Janice. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare, for everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. We are in this thing called... uh... 40 days in the Word, and it's all about loving the Word, learning the Word, and of course, living the Word. And uh, as you'll know, there's six messages to listen to, six small uh, Bible group studies to attend, and it's not too late to uh, to join a small uh, group Bible study uh, with uh, teaching by Rick Warren. Um, Six memory verses to learn, and of course, as the uh, the key fobs here this morning do uh, pick them up, and uh, we are going to be giving a prize, you know, for the person that can uh, mem- have me- that's memorised all six verses at the end of the forty days. So uh, uh, do keep memorising the verses, and uh, on the last Sunday we will have a little uh, uh, presentation to, to anybody that can uh, that can tell us the six memory verses off by heart. How about that then? Something to uh, get excited about? Or perhaps not. Okay, six memory verses to learn. 40 daily readings to read. And these books are going down. Uh, not down in price, but down in number. Just got three left now. And uh, worth buying. Uh, so if you've not got one, there's there's a lot in there besides uh, the daily readings and the study groups. Loads of stuff about uh, Bible study. And it's a, it's a book that's well worth having. If you've not got one, there's still three left. And, uh, of course, the online devotions. Elaine is the go-to person for the online devotions. If you have any problems, uh, she will get you online and tell you how to receive the daily uh, devotions. I don't know why people are laughing, because it's true, isn't it? <laughs> no, but you, you got on, Elaine, so if you can get on, uh, you know, it gives hope to others that they too can... Uh, 
and get on. You don't need to be an expert in computers to get the daily devotions, and they're well worth it. We're doing this because we were encouraging people, you know, to switch on to the Bible. We want people to, to open the Bibles, to turn it on. And uh, that's why we do these uh, these 40-day studies, which really just to try and get people into reading the God's Word, uh, to having uh, a time every day with God and joining in a small study group for those six weeks. We want to encourage that uh, in, in this church. Uh, we started off week one, can we trust the Bible? We said yes, and uh, these were the seven reasons why we could trust the Bible. And then we went on in the second week, we looked at how the Bible changes us, because uh, people read the Bible and it changes their lives, and we looked at uh, the way in which uh, the Bible uh, changes people, and it, it does all those different things. And then uh, last week we were looking at seeing what God wants me to see, and this was all about illumination. And how we need to read the Bible through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we read the Bible, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to see uh, more clearly what God wants us to see. And it helps us to see the solutions to my problems, the barrier to my progress, the defense for what's attacking me, and how God is walking with me. And uh, we're picking it up today. It's uh, day 29. Uh, we're racing through these 40 days, aren't we? Day 29. And uh, this week's memory verse, uh, which the tags are available, is therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Matthew 7, uh, verse 24. Uh, as I've said before, you know, if you're doing the daily readings and you get a little bit behind, uh, don't worry, don't stress. We want this to be enjoyable. Uh, not something to endure, but something to enjoy. So don't try and catch up or worry about catch up just jump in at day 29 and and, and do the the the, the readings and, and just try to find that time each day uh to to read god's word and spend a little bit of time with god so day 29 uh and as i said there are still some books so we can give you the daily readings if you don't want to buy the book okay today we're looking uh and uh, if you've got a sheet you can follow it along in the uh in the handout uh we're looking at how to study the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I love watching films. Anybody here like watching films? I've, I've got loads of, of DVDs. And uh, does anybody ever bother? You know, when you put the DVD on, you've got you get this menu, and uh, you know, play film comes up. But then they've got anybody ever going to the extras? Well, I must be the only person that you wonder to go to. You know, these these filmmakers go to all these troubles. There's so on, on some DVDs. There's hours and hours of extras that you've never looked at. Uh, well, I, I'm a bit sad. I, I do like to go into the extras, and one of the things that I, I do like to look at is very often they they, they have a behind the scenes. You know how the film was made. And you can see all, all the things and how they do all these uh, amazing things. Well, today, uh, in thinking about, uh, you know, how to study the Bible, there's a sense in which that's what we're doing. We're going to the extras menu and we're going behind the scenes of how to study the Bible. I can see by your faces that you are excited and ecstatic about this. Because you've never been to that little, you'll all be going home and to DVDs and going to that special extras and looking what's there and realizing that there's hours more entertainment. We're not going to go on for hours this morning, uh, but we are going to go behind the scenes of, of how to study the Bible, how to get more out of our study of the Bible. And we're going to be uh, looking at uh, this passage. And the reason why this passage is being picked in Philippians 2 
uh, verses 19 to 30, is it could be one of those passages that we just read and think, well, there's not much in that. There's a sense in which it's, it, it's Paul sending a thank you note. You know, we still sell thank you notes, don't we? Really, Paul's sending a, a thank you note uh, to the church to thank them uh, for sending uh, these two fellow workers to him. That's all it is. And we could easily, you know, pass over it and think there's nothing there. So we're going to go behind the scenes a little bit and look at how we can get even more out of a very simple and a passage that we might overlook. Is that excite you? Very excited. We've got one person at least who's very excited about this, which is really encouraging. Okay. And, uh, you'll see on, on your sheets, we've got, we've got four things that I think will, will help us in our, our study of the Bible. But just before we kind of get into it, I'm just going to give you just a little bit of, uh, of, of, of background to, uh, what Paul is actually writing. Okay. So, uh, Paul is writing this letter, he's writing it from Rome, okay? Paul is the apostle who actually wrote a lot of the New Testament. Uh, most of the letters in the New Testament uh, are written by Paul. And uh, as he writes this letter, he's actually imprisoned in Rome for the missionary work that he's been doing, uh, hoping one day to uh, be released. And he's writing this letter to a church that he started in a city called Philippi, which is in Greece. So he's in Italy, in Rome, and he's writing to a church in uh, Philippi, hence the title of the letter, uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. You know, if Paul had been writing to us here in Lum, it would have probably been Paul's letter to the Lumites, or the Lumians, I don't know what you call them. But that's, that's what it would have been. So <clears throat> Paul's writing this letter. And it is a letter. Sometimes we forget it's a letter that Paul is writing. So that's just a little bit of the background to um, <clears throat> what Paul is saying. And there's four things that I want us to uh, to look at, which hopefully will help us um, in our study of the Bible as we open the Bible to see even more. So, the first thing is, it's about observation. And uh, this is simply what the word says. This is really uh, about, you know, what does it say? Looking at what's there, observing as we read the Bible, looking at what is actually in the passage. What does it say? And uh, as I read it, I observe that Paul intends to send two men to Philippi. Uh, Not rocket science, just reading what's there and observing. This is what Paul's saying. He's going to send two people uh, to uh, Philippi. He says, I hope to send you Timothy, and uh, I think it's necessary to send you Ephroditus back to you, because Ephroditus has come from uh, Philippi, and Paul is saying that he wants to send them back to. So pretty simple and straightforward, that's our observation. Um, but Paul, I also observe that Paul endorses these two uh, guys as role models. Paul is actually saying he endorses these people. So that makes you think, well, you know, why is Paul endorsing these people? What is it about these two guys uh, that Paul not only wants to send them back, but he wants to endorse them and say, these are, these are people uh, that I endorse to you. He says, uh, I have no one else like him in, uh, in verse 20. Uh, Paul says, there's no one else uh, like him. He says, uh, welcome him and honor men like him. 
So again, it gets me thinking, you know, what was it about these two people uh, that Paul was saying, you know, these two people are great. These two people, uh, you're to honour, uh, there's no one else like them. What was it about them? Well, this is what observation. Uh, we might then ask the question, well, you know, what are they like? Is there anything in the passage that gives us a clue to what it was about these two people that Paul seemed to be so excited about? And again, if we, if we look at the passage uh, in verse 20, 21, he talks about the fact that he takes genuine interest in you. So these are people that take interest in other people. Um, he has proved himself, you know, he's been working with Paul and Paul's saying he's proved himself in, in the work that he's done. He says that he's my brother, my fellow worker, and my fellow soldier. So he's, he's my brother, he's part of that, he's, he's like a brother. He's not his, his actual brother in his family sense, but he's like a brother. Uh, he's a fellow worker, he's somebody that's worked with him. And uh, he's my fellow soldier, you know, which, which, which senses that they've been through one or two battles together. Because of course Paul's in prison, uh, he's been persecuted. Um, for being a Christian. Paul used to persecute people for being Christians and now he's on the other end. He's been persecuted. Uh, this morning in the vestry we were praying, uh, you know, for the persecuted church and reminding ourselves, we did last night at the church meeting, just to remind ourselves that the people are actually persecuted for the faith and it goes right back to the beginning. The early Christians were persecuted. So these are people uh, that have been with Paul. They're like family, they're fellow workers and they've fought the same battles that Paul has fought. So this is just out of looking and observing that Paul's sending two people back to them and seeing in the passage, well, what does it say about these two guys? Why is Paul so excited? And then he says, he longs for all of you and he's distressed. He's distressed about the people are anxious about him. This is Ephroditus because he's been ill. And he says that uh, not only that, he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life. And again, it just reminds us that there are people that take Christianity so seriously that they are prepared to risk their lives. And there are still people living today that following Jesus Christ is, involves risking your life. Uh, not in Lum, but in other places. So it's worth remembering that. And Paul's saying, look at these guys, they're great. Welcome them, honour them. This is, these, these are role models that we want to hold up. And so that's just out of observing what's there. What does it say? So when you come to a passage, uh, we observe and we look and what does it say? But then we do a little bit more digging. Uh, and this is why when we read the Bible, it's always worth uh, reading the Bible with a notepad and writing things down to help us to study it. Reading the Bible is great. And we want to encourage that, but we also want to encourage people to actually study the Bible and learn from it and gain from it, and so that we become uh, better Christians. So observation is the first thing. And then the second thing is about interpretation. We've observed, we've looked at what's there, and now it's about how we actually interpret that passage. How are we going to interpret? And this is about what does it mean? What does it actually mean? And again, um, just by reading it and nothing else, we might not fully understand the meaning. Some passages are obvious. They don't need a huge lot of interpretation. But other passages uh, need a little bit more, uh, you know, tweaking and digging and, and thinking about. And we want people to think about the Bible. So interpretation, it's about what does it mean? And uh, we're all part of a, a Bible study. 
And the great thing about Bible study groups is, is you'll actually discover, and some people this is a great shock and a surprise, that actually people interpret the Bible in different ways. They have different opinions. And that's okay. That's how we learn from one another. We don't all come to a passage of scripture and get the same thing out of it or understanding it in the same way. Some people, this worries some people. Uh, for other people, this is, this is why the Bible is, is, is just so amazing. There's so much to learn. You can go to a passage of scripture and you can read it. And if you really study it, you will always get something new out of it. You will always see some new insight, even to the most familiar passages. If you really look at it, you might see something and thought, I've never thought of it like that before. That word, what does that word, that word's jumped out at me. And so when we get together, we'll find out that people have different ideas and different views about the Bible. And that's okay because we can learn from one another. We don't have to agree all the time. And sometimes it's interesting when we do have disagreements, as long as we don't fall out. We need to learn to disagree without falling out. The church in the history of the church has not been great about that. And that's why we have so many uh, different denominations and, and, and flavors of church. Very often, sadly, it's, it's because one, one, one group of people have fallen out with no people and say, you don't know, you're not interpreting the Bible. We're going to start our own group. And then, and then before too long, they're falling out again. And that's why we've got all these different flavors of churches today. Um, so interpretation is important. It's important how we interpret the Bible. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare, for everyone else looks out for his own interests, Paul says in uh, verse 21. Everyone else, uh, talking about Timothy, he's saying, this is a person who takes genuine interest in your welfare, whereas everyone else is just interested in their own interests. Timothy is a person who's actually interested in your welfare. And uh, one of the good ways of, of, of kind of studying the Bible is to actually look at different translations. We are blessed with all sorts of different translations. Very often I use the NIV, New International Version. But there are literally tens of, of different versions. And sometimes it's worth reading the same passage in a different version. Because the Bible as we have it has been translated uh, from Hebrew, from Greek, and uh, into English. And so very often there's lots of different English words that you could use. So it's worth sometimes just looking at a different translation. And sometimes it, it will read quite differently. And you'll get a different... But it's being translated from the same uh, Greek and Hebrew words. And this is from the um, today's English version. Same passage, uh, uh, he says about Timothy, genuinely cares for you. Others only care about themselves. So just by uh, comparing different translations, uh, we get more out of a little passage of Scripture. And it's worth doing. And uh, again, this is the Phillips translation. Uh, same, same verse, verse 21. They are all wrapped up in their own affairs. Uh, other people are wrapped up in their own affairs. Uh, but Timothy, he's actually caring and considering. And, and from that, the interpretation is... Um, a godly person is going to be a caring person. That's the interpretation of it. When we look at what Paul's saying about Timothy, and he's saying how caring he is, the interpretation is that if we're going to be a godly person, a Christ-like person, then we too will be caring. 
and, uh, and, and, and that should be evident as, as we read the Bible, uh, as we look at Jesus and we look at the disciples, we see that these are people who actually cared for other people. They had compassion for people. Uh, they were interested in their welfare, not just interested in themselves. We live in this world, uh, you know, it's all about me. And uh, the Christian life, the godly life, actually is about taking interest in other people. So, interpretation, the first thing on the interpretation is a godly person is uh, a caring person. Second thing, uh, Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. He has served me in the work of the gospel. And then uh, the God's Word translation says, you know what kind of person Timothy has proved to be. Again, just a slightly different way of interpreting the same thing. You know what kind of person Timothy has proved to be. So the interpretation of that is, is God is looking for consistent people. God is looking for people who are consistent in their faith. Uh, you know, people who you can, you can rely on. Uh, people who are trustworthy, you know, people who uh, consistently uh, support and care for you and do the right thing. So that would be how we interpret that particular uh, bit of scripture. And then another thing, I send back to you Ephroditus, my brother and fellow worker and my fellow soldier, this is verse 22, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Interpretation of, of that passage uh, about Ephroditus, my brother, fellow worker, who's also a messenger, who you sent to take care of my needs. Uh, a godly person is cooperative. Uh, Ephroditus was working with Paul, was cooperating in what Paul is doing. Uh, and as a people of God, you know, we need to work together. We need to work with one another, and, and that involves cooperating, working alongside and helping and supporting each other. And uh, we see that from uh, interpreting uh, that little bit of the passage in, two, in uh, Philippians 2. And then the third thing, for he longs for all of you here and is distressed because you heard he was ill. He longs for all of you. Uh, a godly person is considerate. Uh, considers the situation of other people, is considerate about other people, uh, takes into account uh, the needs of other people, the health of other people. Um, you know, when people are ill and poorly, uh, we pray for them, we try and support them. Uh, we are considerate with other people. Uh, as opposed to being, uh, you know, unconsiderate. If you don't, if you're unconsiderate, uh, you don't really take into account somebody's circumstances. Uh, somebody's situation. So this is what we, we get out of this passage when we begin to, to really uh, interpret what's, what's there. And then, indeed, he was ill and almost died. He almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you couldn't give me. They sent Ephroditus to him, and uh, in doing so, he almost died, risked his life. Uh, and therefore, the interpretation of that, we might say, a godly person is courageous. Uh, they're prepared to take risks. They're prepared to kind of, you know, put themselves out there. Now, as I said, in, in Lum, you know, we're not going to risk our lives. You know, the, we're not in danger. 
Um, I was talking to some ministers and we were sharing experiences. And, uh, you know, I have, I have, believe it or not, I have been threatened uh, with violence in my role as minister. Uh, but I've never actually felt that my, my life was at risk. I was running a, a youth club at one church and some of the neighbours weren't very happy. And uh, one of the neighbours said, you know, if you don't shut that youth club, I'm going to get some of my mates, my mates to come and sort you out. Uh, so that's about the most I've ever been threatened. Uh, but I didn't feel that my life was in danger. Um, but sometimes we do need to be courageous in what we do, you know, stepping outside of these uh, four walls and, and trying to reach people in the community takes courage. Uh, sharing the good news, it takes courage to actually talk to people about Jesus. It can be a scary thing. And so uh, we look at this passage and we see Ephroditus, he was prepared to risk his life. And the interpretation that we get from that is to say that, that God's looking for courageous people in his church who are willing to step out and, uh, you know, put the head uh, above the paraphits. And, and, and maybe, you know, you will receive some sort of attack if you step out. Hopefully it won't be physical. It'll probably only verbal. But God is looking for courageous people. And Timothy say, is, is saying that, that that's what, uh, sorry, Paul is saying that's what Ephroditus is like. Then the third thing is, in, uh, in studying the Bible, is about correlation. Correlation, Okay. And this is about, you know, what other, what other verses explain it? What other passages in, in Scripture help us when we're looking at one passage of Scripture? It's always dangerous, you know, to take texts in isolation and then build kind of whole doctrines and theologies on one particular text without comparing it with other texts that are talking about similar things to make sure that we understand what the Bible is actually saying to us. So to look at one passage, you might think, well, what other passages would help to uh, explain it? And this isn't just about us, like, you know, quoting scripture at one another to try and win a battle. Well, you know, John 3.16 says this, and Matthew 6.5 says this, and, you know, we've all, we've all heard exchanges like that. This is actually looking about how the Bible helps us in interpreting the Bible. So when we're thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Timothy and Ephroditus... What else do, do, do we find in Scripture about them? Well, well, Paul actually uh, wrote two letters to Timothy himself, 1 and 2 Timothy. So if we looked at 1 and 2 Timothy, we'd probably find out more about Timothy and what Paul's writing to him. And that would better inform us about who this Timothy person is. Um, Ephrodite is not such a well-known character, but there is a little bit more about him in Philippians chapter 4 in those verses 14 to 18. So... Here we probably need, you know, to have some sort of concordance, uh, which is just a, a, you know, a book that has a list of words and tell you where those words up so you can look up names of people and find out where they're mentioned in scripture. And that will actually help us in our understanding of the Bible. What does the Bible say about the Bible? That's about uh, correlation. Is there anything else in the Bible that will help me to be able to understand the passage that I'm reading? And then fourthly, of course, it is about application. Having observed what's there, just looked at basically what's there and made a few notes of things that jump out to you and then seen, uh, interpreted that by, by looking at what it's actually saying and then by asking ourselves the question, you know, what, what, what else does the Bible have to say about this issue or this subject or this person? We then come to the important part about application. And sometimes 
in church, we're good at doing the former three, but not very good about actually applying it to everyday life. Because at the end of the day, this book is here to help us to know what to do and how to live. And the idea is that we do the observation, we do the interpretation, we do the correlation, but then we have to actually apply it. And it should, as we said a couple of weeks ago, it should change things in our lives. As we apply the Bible, we read things in the Bible and, you know, we think, you know, we see Jesus doing something and then we might think, well, I'm going to attempt to do that as as well or I'm going to try and, and, and live like that. Although I probably would suggest that you maybe don't try uh, walking on water. Uh, we need some people to kind of go under the under the church, under the tunnel. Uh, we'll probably walk through the water rather than walking on the water, but there we go. Um, so it's about what am I going to do about it? How does that passage actually apply to my life? And again, if you've been following um, the thing I like about the study book and why I would really recommend the study book is in each of the studies, it gives you these questions. And, and really studying the Bible is about asking questions of the passage. That's what it's all about. It's asking these questions. And the important question always to ask when we read the Bible is, is well, what, so what? What difference does that make? What am I going to do differently because of what I've read today in the Bible? How is that going to infect my life? Well, we've been reading about Timothy and Ephroditus, and we've, we've heard that they were caring people. So the challenge is, are we going to be caring people? We've heard that they thought about other people and considered other people and were kind and, and were courageous. And there's a challenge there for us to, to react similarly. Just by reading a simple few verses of Scripture that are no more than a thanks for sending these two guys to me when I'm in prison. See how much we can get out of that simple passage just by using uh, techniques to help us in our study of the Bible. So my prayer is that during these 40 days is that people will be excited about going to the house groups, about studying the Bible because of what they're going to get out of it, that it's actually going to change, make a change to their lives, that we're going to be more caring, we're going to be more courageous, um, we, we're going to be more sympathetic and compassionate as a result of reading God's word and applying it to our lives. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is so much in your word. And we pray that one of the, the things that we'll get out of these 40 days in the Word, that we will become more like you, Jesus. That we will uh, attempt things in Jesus' name that maybe we wouldn't have attempted had we not done this study. That we'll be willing to step out. We'll be willing to uh, talk to people about Jesus and share our faith. We'll become more compassionate. And Father God, we do want to pray for people in our own congregation who are struggling and suffering and uh, are in need of our help and sympathy and care. And we continue to pray for Dave Howarth. We do ask that you would have your hand upon his life. We pray for Lizzie and Charlotte and Matthew. And today we want to especially pray pray for Jessica because she's going to uh, hospital on Tuesday for some allergy tests. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll be with her in those tests because it involves uh, taking blood. And for a small child, that's really uh, a a frightening thing. So we just pray that you'll take away the fear and that you will be with her in that. 
We pray for other people in our church who are struggling at this time. We pray for those that are grieving, uh, those that are struggling with health issues, those uh, that have concerns about family members and, uh, and parents. We just pray that you will be with them in those situations. And we pray for the world that we live in. Uh, that you've called us to reach out to. And uh, again, we want to pray for the suffering church this morning. We do want to pray for people uh, who today, uh, meeting together as a, as a group, will involve danger, will in, in, in involve risk. And uh, we uplift those brothers and sisters in Christ who faithfully continue to follow you despite the risks to their own lives and their families and their livelihood. And we pray for them this morning that they will be have the protection of Jesus and that they will know that you are with them in those difficult circumstances. So we lift these prayers to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, do uh, do join us after for tea and coffee. And uh, again, we do have a prayer team that would love to pray with people. Uh, if you would uh, find that helpful, just come to the front and people will come and uh, they'd love to pray for you. We're going to conclude our service this morning by uh, singing the song, How Deep the Father's Love for Me, How Vast Beyond All Measure. I should just mention we are serving tea and coffee in here because they're preparing for messy church in the lounge. So uh, stay in here and tea and coffee will be served uh, on the table over there. Let's uh, stand if we're able to, uh, to sing our final song together. The Father's love for me is how vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son to pay a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of saving loss.
And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.